You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 124, Stained. Hosted by Dan Terry. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Did you mean this is when it all went to shit? And Joe Wren. This is everything you like, all at once. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you think it's been a while since we talked about new metal, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. It is finally time for us to talk about Stained. I don't know about finally. I've been putting this shit off for weeks. I've been trying to make this episode happen since the first New Metal May, and I couldn't even get it done by the next New Metal May. Dude, seriously, if I could have thought of a good excuse to not do this tonight, I would have. I listened to all the albums, so whatever. Depending on how you look at it, you did succeed at that for the past couple weeks. I did my best. I mean, I brought Metal Jesus out. I mean, I did everything I could. Ladies and gentlemen, Stained. The band that most people consider to be the definitive new metal band that is, in many ways, not very new metal. In fact, the most new metal thing about the band is Mike Mushok's guitar playing, but that's just how he does it. Some of his old riffs, man, are fucking oppressive, which we'll talk about. Not necessarily impressive, but oppressive. If Korn popularized the seven-string... Mike Mushok popularized the baritone, a guitar that sounds deeper and more low-end and does better at lower tunings, if you believe the hype. Really all it is, folks, is more wood. More wood sounds deeper, warmer. It's kind of the same idea as those individuals that think vinyl is superior to digital media just because the preamp in the turntable or in the sound system makes it sound more natural. I'm pretty sure my vinyl record does not sound more natural than the actual sound coming into my ears. Sounds cool, Joe. Leave it alone. Vinyl's (laughs) cool. I don't give a shit what any of you kids say. I didn't say it wasn't cool. I just said it doesn't sound better. I don't have any stained albums on vinyl if that sweetens the pot for anybody. I just want to talk about dysfunction. Like, is it cool if I just do that and then, like, leave? I could do that, right? If that was the last album in the discography, I don't think this would be a full episode. It would be a Patreon review. So you're going to make me go through all of these. There's only seven records. It's not like it's going to kill you. seven records and only, like, like, two of them. Okay. I mean, let's do it. Dan is definitely going to be tormented by the end of this episode. Oh, God. Well, before we talk about the many chapters of Stained, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion, and I've got one that I'm going to read for you guys tonight. This one comes from Taken. It says, thank you. It shouldn't be as rare as it is to find this in-depth information on these genres, But F music, these guys make it easier covering everything that no one else will. I appreciate that. I I hope some of the bands other people would cover because they're fucking great. But then there's there's some that aren't. And we talk about all of them. Kind of like how we're going to talk about Stained here in a couple of minutes. (laughs) So if we want to talk about good bands, we did recently do an episode on the Deftones. Josiah Heiberg wrote us a book. It says, this blows me away. 
I was largely with you guys until the last three albums. I will say you've inspired me to give Gore a second chance, but upon two or three listens when it came out, it's second. It's my second least favorite Deftones. Adrenaline is my least favorite. And in contrast, Diamond Eyes or Koi no Yokan is my favorite. I go back and forth. However, I'm not a lifer. People keep trying to get me into Deftones and it just didn't click until Diamond Eyes. The shift from the previous album was huge to my ears. After getting into Diamond Eyes, I was able to go back and appreciate the previous albums except Adrenaline for what they were. But nothing came close to it until Koi came out. Then Gore came out and it was just fucking boring. It felt uninspired and lacked the emotive intensity that was present in all of the previous albums. I'm not sure if Deftones should put out another album if that's the direction they're going. That's kind of a hot take, I gotta admit. Darren McGinnis says, Is it just me or are most of the opening songs on Deftones records usually the, some of the best on the whole album? It's not just you, man. It's it's all of us. I agree 100%. <laughs> Austin Count says, Glad to hear more love for Saturday Night Wrist. In my opinion, I think it's a really underrated Deftones album. If I remember correctly, I think that this was the band's least favorite record. I saw them on Taste of Chaos tour around the time the album came out, and they absolutely killed it. R.I.P. Chi Chang. Definitely R.I.P. Chi. Thank you guys for that feedback. Keep them coming. We are always interested in hearing how you guys feel about these bands. I'd also like to take this time to say thank you to all of our patrons. One dollar gets you access to that exclusive album review feed at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. Thank you, Alexander. Jeffrey De Los Santos. The actual Mac. Kiki QT, do you love me? I do love you. Lance Allegood. Luis Fernando Paisano Escalante. And Zach Barr. We got a comment on a recent Patreon review from Jeffrey De Los Santos in regards to Balls to the Wall. As an old metalhead, I can agree this is the only except album worth having. And we agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. This this band really only did one good thing one time. Kind of feel the same way about the band we're talking about this week. It's about time. <laughs> Maybe two times. Maybe they did the good thing two times. So, Dan... Tell me about Stained. Stained is a new metal band, or they were a new metal band, that got popular in the late 90s because, well, Fred Durst heard them. They had an independent release called Tormented Out. Fred Durst heard that. He had a little bit of an issue with it because it had like a Bible with like a, a knife through it. And they didn't really, he didn't really like that. It's kind of bloody. Yeah, it's a little sacrilege. And Fred, being the guy that loves God like he is, he just wasn't cool with that, but the band's music shredded, so he was like, dude, you guys need to sign to my label, and I think you guys are going to be huge, and they did, and so then we got all of these Stained albums, so we can thank Fred Durst for all of this. Most Stained fans love the band for one of two reasons. You either heard Mud Shovel and thought, this is a really cool song, or you heard Outside. I'm going to go ahead and assume 89% of you heard outside and thought this is fucking great this guy plays an acoustic with fred durst at family values i think it was family values right it was family values tour and it's just this awesome deep song this guy can sing really good and if you believe aaron lewis he made it up off the top of his head i think that shows how great of a writer he really is my opinion will change as we get into some of the later albums and part of that is the band's fault. I am a fan of Stained as a whole. I'm not so much a fan of, we have to put this album out 
So we all separately go to the studio and write it off the top of our heads, and the producer's job is to kind of make it work. What the hell was he doing then for the past 15 years? Obviously not the same producer, but... A better answer would be, is the band just that good that they can pull it out of their ass? No. No, they're not. Let's just jump into it, man. Let's not beat around the bush here. 1996. Tormented. Well, this one was kind of rough. It's a little painful. I'm going to give it to them, though, because it was an independent release. Independent recording, too. Oh, yeah, I could definitely tell that. This is in, like, the mid-90s where you didn't have, like, fucking Pro Tools and shit. So you just did your best to try to make an album sound good. Not sure why this wasn't a demo and was a full-length album. Tormented is a really weird rock record. It's heavy. It's not quite new metal. But, oh, my God, is it depressing. I think they were listening to Korn. Maybe some Deftones and Nine Inch Nails. And what we got was the best they could do. They just had enough time and enough money to record something they could release, which is kind of every band's goal, is to get together, play music, and put out an album. The quality is really only bad in comparison to the later releases. And unfortunately, looking back on it, I get the same vibe off of this that I get off of the first Cold album. It sounds painful and I feel like it's painful on purpose that was how they were trying to get through to me the listener Stain just pulled it off a hell of a lot better than Cold did I think the pain is real it's just that I don't think that this band had the star power that Fred Durst heard now I'm not the talent scout that he is because he probably saw the band live before this and maybe they were playing some stuff off of Dysfunction you guys like the song Mud Shovel? I love that song. You want to hear a really shitty version of it? Listen it's to Tormented. It's kind of painful. <laughs> They're just not there yet. They're not the stained that we know yet. They can't decide whether or not they want to be a hard rock band or a new metal band or what. Their stuff is certainly aggressive, but it just doesn't hit the way that it hits on Dysfunction. And so Tormented is really just a skip for me. It's a hard to find album, but like it's kind of okay. Like You can just start with Dysfunction and, you, and be okay, I think. Tormented shows me the influences that the individual members of the band have. It's very obvious that Mike Mushok's got some Kurt Cobain influence with the shrieks and sounds that he pulls off on his guitar. Some of the older videos, he's playing a Les Paul type. I think he wanted to create the sound that he would later discover in the baritone guitar, and he kind of made it famous. Well, he's trying to do a lot of that shit on Tormented, but it just doesn't sound good. Like, it's not mixed well for that. It doesn't hit the way that it should be. But come on, man. Four Walls. I'm sorry. The hidden track. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, uh, fuck. I don't know, man. This the only record, song on the album that's credited to Mike Mushok. This record might as well not even be like part of their discography as far as I'm concerned. Like it's funny because when we did the POD episode, everybody was like, oh, I'm so glad you guys talked about Snuff the Punk and Brown because like those were good albums. This is just a really shitty version of Stained, but like you don't need to listen to that. You don't need to listen to Tormented to find that. You can pretty much listen to everything after Break the Cycle and get that. So like you could skip Tormented. It's fine. I'll stop torturing you now. 1999, Dysfunction. Now this is what I'm talking about. Heavy as fuck guitars, groovy as fuck drums. I don't feel like the bass is supposed to be that sludgy, but it succeeds in ways that Fieldy could only imagine. Mike Bouchock is fucking oppressive. 
that deep baritone seven string guitar. Holy shit. It's only got six strings, but it's tuned way down. Is it only a six string guitar? It sounds like a seven string to me. That's that A flat that he oh my locked in on, I think, during Break the Cycle. That's my favorite thing about Early Stained is Mike Mushok's guitar is that he is so heavy and like almost to the point where he's way heavier than the band that he's in. But like even Aaron Lewis steps it up after a while. The song eventually suffocate. The opener will start off so heavy and in your face. And by the end of it, he's fucking screaming like a demon. I cannot short sell Aaron Lewis's screaming vocals. The dude screams like a fucking demon. And it sounds awesome, especially when paired with that guitar. Dysfunction and Break the Cycle maintain the style that I think new metal really is. To me, new metal is not Limp Bizkit. It's not hard rock detuned well, Limp Bizkit with made it into new rapping metal, vocals. That's not new metal to me. Stained is playing low. They are dragging you through the mud. The lead singer can actually sing. Sort of. And the drummer is fucking locked in. Everything about this is what I want to hear when somebody asks me what my favorite new metal band is. My first answer is usually Stained. Unfortunately, this sound does not follow through the rest of the discography. It kind of does, but it's not so much the sound of the band as it is this is just how Mike Mushok plays the guitar. I think it's a situation where Mike Mushok had a vision for this band, and somewhere in the middle of the discography, they're like, hey, dude, that's cool, but shut the fuck up. By they, you mean Aaron Lewis, right? That's pretty much what I mean, yes. I think Mike Mushok and Aaron Lewis worked very well together singularly as songwriters, but based on some information that we get from a DVD later on, I don't know how much time the band spent together writing songs. I really feel like the band puts stuff together and then Aaron Lewis shows up and just decides it needs to go a certain way, which is very much a lead singer thing to do. I think every lead singer in the history of music could make a perfect record if the musicians could just play the way they want them to. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole goal. <laughs> the problem, though, is that Mike's vision of Stained is better than Aaron's. So on Dysfunction, what you get is a perfect, like, it's a Mike Mushok record. 100%. It's heavy riffs. It's insane, just depressing, slower-paced songs that just gut you with a little bit of Aaron's, like, heavy screaming, which I guess he doesn't like doing, but he's really good at. Like, let I me mean, just listen to Raw. Like, holy shit. Wait, he just said he's cold, right? He might have said that. Aaron Lewis I don't says talk he's about cold. cold. Scooter puts out an album called 13 Ways to Bleed on Stage. No, Stain puts out stop. 14 Shades of Grey. Half-Life 3 confirmed. Just stop. <laughs> I can't get behind that. I can get behind Dysfunction. I think it's a great new metal record. It's got a lot of really depressing songs. Uh, the song Home is especially depressing. And, like, there's just so many songs on here that are just fucking oppressive. Like, home hurts to listen to. This record reminds me what it felt like to be a teenager. Because it actually reminds me what I was thinking when I was listening to it. Well, yeah, 100%. I think the problem is, is when I'm listening to it this week, I'm like, I don't relate to any of this shit at all. And a part of that is just because it's, like, 20 years old at this point. So this is all nostalgia. Totally. And I enjoy the heavy parts of this album. I think it's... I think it's really hard hitting. I will say that there's times though where it's so slow that it kind of drags. It's the only criticism that I have of Dysfunction is that it kind of starts to drag after a while. It doesn't help that there's a hidden track. 
<laughs> after the last song. But it's probably the best Stained album, besides maybe Break the Cycle. I would argue Break the Cycle is a superior album, but that does not change how I feel about Dysfunction. This album is awesome. I definitely enjoy it, but I can't really say the word enjoy because the album makes me want to fucking kill myself. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm sorry. I know, but like Tormented, <laughs> Tormented, I think, was the album that was supposed to make you want to kill yourself, but Dysfunction is like, hey, we noticed you didn't kill yourself on Tormented, so... Here's Dysfunction. It's a very depressing album. And the weird thing is, is that we're going to get to a song later on Break the Cycle where Aaron Lewis kind of acts like you're a coward for committing suicide when he put out a really fucking depressing album before that. This album's really depressing, and I would hate to be the person that was thinking about ending it all when they first heard this. I'm not saying people aren't stronger than that, and I think that this can be kind of cathartic and kind of make you feel like you're not alone. It can definitely help you through some dark times. But when I'm done listening to Dysfunction, I can't say that I ever feel good. I feel like I got my face rocked off in places, but beyond that, I don't really feel a lot of hope after I hear it. I think an unpleasable metal fan would criticize the band for changing their message on every album. Oh, yeah. It's it very be... inconsistent. You are a hypocrite because on the last album you were telling me how terrible things were, but then you didn't stick to that after you got married and had a daughter, and now you're, everything is happy now. But that's not a bad thing. I mean, I think that can be explained away by the normal passage of time. You know, I was a depressed teenager once, but that's not the same guy that had kids. I think the difference in mindset between, break the, between dysfunction and break the cycle makes sense. But let's get into Break the Cycle. I'll say that Dysfunction is great, and it's probably the only stained album you should listen to. But if you venture into Break the Cycle, you're going to find some things that you like. I actually think that there are songs on Break the Cycle that are heavier than songs that are on Dysfunction. But most of you don't know that because you heard It's Been a While and you heard Outside, and maybe that's why you bought the record. I don't know. Don't forget For You. For You. The issue that I have with this record really is that the lyrics go from being deeply personal to being super generalized. Like the first song, uh, I think it's called Open Your Eyes. It's about very general things. It's like kids selling drugs on the street corner and, you know, like the whole world's going to shit. And like, I agree with that, but it's not like, you know, it's not like on Torment. It's not like on Dysfunction where he's like, I hear you talk about your family life. I wish I knew just what that means. This song is, or this album isn't as much about Aaron as it is about all of us as the listener base. And I think that's largely why this record did so well commercially, because it was for everyone. The criticism I have is that that kind of takes away from the personal nature of Stained. If you were into dysfunction because of the deeply personal lyrics, you're not going to really get those on Break the Cycle. On Break the Cycle, you're going to get like, to my mother, to my father, it's your son or it's your daughter. And it's talking about like teenagers in general versus Aaron Lewis as a teenager talking to his parents about a specific thing. And that kind of generalization kind of bothers me because it's more of a staple of pop music and not so much like serious hard rock music. Isn't that the infomercial on TV though? Just donate 25 cents a day or here's the animals that need your help. Please donate 25 cents a day. Or here's the truth commercial about how bad smoking cigarettes while you're pregnant is. Not to mention the commercials about how you need this antidepressant, but it may cause suicidal tendencies. Is he writing about the general populace? 
Is he being literal, saying break the cycle, meaning whatever you're going through right now, just turn and go the other way. Turn left, go down there. He is, but the problem is, is like I don't want the guy that wrote Dysfunction to be giving me life advice. Because that dude's had some pretty fucked up shit that's going on in his life. And so he's going to come back on Break the Cycle with equally as depressing music. And this is where we this is where we really get into the the separation between what Mike Mushak was throwing down on guitar versus what Aaron Lewis was feeling lyrically. Now he's not this depressed teenager anymore. He's a guy that's doling out advice. Just two years later, like, holy shit, what kind of personal growth is that? I guess why it bothers me, though, is that because it's not specific and it doesn't necessarily touch me as an individual. Like, you know how you hear songs where you're like, this is talking to me as a person? There's not really a whole lot of that on, on Break the Cycle. It's more just generalized statements. And that's fine. Like, I mean, I love the music on this album, and I know I'm kind of shitting on it because of the lyrics, but the lyrics bother me. Musically, though, there's, like, really fucking heavy songs like Can't Believe. Like, that was my song for the longest time. Like, I would scream it at the top of my lungs. But you can already tell that there's some weird stuff going on here because, like, Aaron Lewis's screaming is, like, very muted on this album. Like, he screams, but they just, like, turn it down a few notches. They put him, they put him in the background which doesn't really work very well with a song like Can't Believe because it should be like front and center and it's not for some reason. Is that a production thing? Or is that just them being like, well, a lot of people are going to buy this album because it's been a while. We can't just have this scream track on there like that. I think it was a decision that the band made to keep the consistent feel of the album. You're not going to listen to Break the Cycle on track five. You've had this up and down it's been heavy it's been quiet it's been slow it's been fast you're not peaking when you get to can't believe so you can't give me the loudest breakout moment and i think in the grand scheme of this album that would be the vocals if they were turned up as loud as you think they should be they should be front and center it should sound like they did on raw or suffocate but they're an instrument at this point Right, but I guess my problem is, is like, if you're going to do the song like this, why even include it on the fucking album? You're basically eliminating a lot of the potential intensity of the song by muting the vocals like this. And I think this song was for people that love Dysfunction. This song could have gone on Dysfunction. Based on what we find out later about Aaron Lewis's writing process, I am very certain this whole album was written from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m., he just turned on infomercials and wrote about what he saw. I don't know about all that, but I definitely think that this is a very generalized release. It was made for the populace at large, but then you've got kind of this thorn in the band's side, this Mike Mushak who's playing these really brutal, heavy riffs, and they're trying to mute him as best as they can, but they can't. So this is still a very slow, depressing record like Dysfunction was. And I don't know if the band is happy with this release as a whole. I mean, financially, they have to be happy with it. And I think the heaviness probably was the biggest relatability. Even outside sounds shoved in at the last second. Well, I don't think that this album is. It's been a while. I don't think that the album version of this of outside sounds as good as the live version. And it's not just because Fred Durst was on the live version, but I actually think he did add a little bit to it. To be honest with you, but the. The Break the Cycle version is just very drab and it kind of just blends in with the rest of the songs on the album. It's like, oh fuck, we got another acoustic track. I mean, you've got like 
You've got It's Been a While, which is a slower acoustic-y song. You've got Outside, which is a slower acoustic-y song. You have Epiphany, which is a slower acoustic-y song. Although I do think that song's better than the other two. I think that with Break the Cycle, what bothers me is the kind of contradictory idea of him criticizing somebody for being depressed and committing suicide as being a coward. And it kind of bugs me because, I mean, I know this is 2001 and our ideas about suicide have changed over the years, but, like, that just really kind of stood out to me as, like, a little hypocritical based on the lyrical content of the previous two albums. And it always bothered me and it never goes down smoothly for me. Do you think their attitude changed and it bothers you because they just never acknowledged it? Yeah, a little bit. Like, I just, I think a little bit of empathy for a specific situation would have gone a long way on Break the Cycle, but I don't think that it was there. And instead, you just get this generalized idea of like, well, if you commit suicide, you're a coward. But then Tormented starts off with him being like, I hate my fucking life. So like, where's the empathy there? It's completely missing and it makes the lyrics on Break the Cycle seem less personal. And that bugs the shit out of me. And it doesn't get better anytime soon. 2003, 14 Shades of Grey. Did you guys like Break the Cycle? I loved Break the Cycle. I thought it was pretty good. On a good day, you could I could might even tell you it's better than Dysfunction from a songwriting craft alone. 14 Shades of Grey is Stained trying to transition out of being a depressing band. It is most definitely 14 songs with mediocre ideas and arguably mediocre execution. Well, it starts off okay. You know, it's... Uh, it's kind of heavy. It sounds like Break the Cycle. But when you get to that chorus, you get this like major chord melodic shit going on that doesn't really fit with the stain sound. But like, I guess that's the stain sound now. They're going to they're gonna take you down and they're going to lift you up. I think that was the idea. I can't hold it in anymore. Mike Mushok and the way he forms these chords, 99% of it is the tuning of his guitar. He talks about finding the drop A flat open tuning baritone whatever the fuck it is that is now referred to as the Mike Mushok tuning. He found that on Break the Cycle and he stuck with it for the remainder of the discography. But the sounds he is able to create with a guitar tuned that low are not duplicated by anybody else. It truly sounds like music being played by one person should take three sets of hands to pull off. They shine the most in the choruses. I think he falls into the trope of this is the verse, so I'm just going to play power chords and sludge through the mud because I'm stained. I'm Mike Mushok. This is what we're doing. But then the choruses have these very intricate, well-placed, sustained chords. Price to pay doesn't hurt my feelings. But then how about you and So Far Away? My first reaction was, okay, so if Break the Cycle was kind of dark, we know Dysfunction was dark, 14 Shades of Grey is going to be the happy stained album. Right, well, it's grey. It's not dark like the previous albums. You know, it's it's more like, you know, oh, well, this is the softer side of stained, which I'm kind of okay with as long as this is the only time it's like that. But, like, I once you get into, like, uh, what's that song called about his daughter? Zoe Jane. Zoe Jane. It gets really sentimental. And then you've got, like, the song about uh, Lane Staley. His name was Lane, in case you didn't know. That's where they do their best Allison Chains impression, and it pretty much falls flat on its fucking face. You can't just, like, harmonize with yourself and expect people to get an Allison Chains feel. But, you know, whatever. 
I think that the biggest issue with this record is that there's a, a huge stylistic battle again between Mike Mushock and the rest of the band, or at least between him and Aaron Lewis. Whereas Aaron Lewis is like, oh, we're gonna go positive. We're gonna we're gonna make records that inspire people. But you've got this guitarist that's just like, I want to just fucking shred people's heads off. And he doesn't really do that either, though, because the songs don't allow it. He's like muted in that regard. And I, I really, I have a lot of trouble identifying with this album personally, which is weird because I do think that Aaron Lewis's lyrics are more personal on 14 Shades of Grey. But for whatever reason, it seems kind of forced. It doesn't seem as genuine. Whereas on Break the Cycle, it was very generalized. On Dysfunction, it was very personal. So you're back to personal, but it's like, if you really love dysfunction, now you've got to deal with this guy that's now a dad and in a totally different part of his life. We hinted on this a little bit with the Alice in Chains episode that we did recently. Inner turmoil creates better art than happiness. So I think part of this is just me being like, oh, I want you to be upset more than I want you to be happy, which is really not fair. Like I'm happy that Aaron Lewis is doing better, like mentally. But at the same time, the, the, the fan of heavy music that I was on Dysfunction and Break the Cycle is not being satiated by the songs that are on 14 Shades of Grey. Even if this is his journey and this is life getting better, it doesn't hit the listener the same way because the listener may not be on the same path. Well, yeah, and basically at the end of Break the Cycle, if you're depressed and suicidal, he pretty much told you to go fuck yourself. So that's kind of hard to, to reconcile. And in 14 Shades of Grey, it's like those fans probably aren't listening to this album. I think they probably got some new fans on this, but they definitely leaned more towards the it's been a while outside kind of style. And it sucks because their original base was them being this like ball busting heavy band that was kind of depressing. So they've lost that. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'll let the listener decide, but the answer is that it's a bad thing. I was concerned when this album came out. I listened to it a few times. And all I could think was, this sounds like a band that's fundamentally changing because they don't have anything left to say. I really got the vibe that we threw this together because we had to put an album out. I had the same reaction that I did the first time I listened to Morning View by Incubus. A lot of people love that record. To me, it sounds like a record the band had to release. It just happens to have a few good songs on it. It doesn't get better but it gets a little better on chapter five. For some reason in 2005, I thought Stained was done. You think it gets better on chapter five? Better than 14 Shades of Grey? Maybe I should just leave. Absolutely, it gets better. The band plays fast again, number one. Aaron Lewis does not have the John Davis level of layering that he used on his voice in 14 Shades of Grey. Mike Mushock is dragging me through the mud again, but to your point, you also have the very generic vocals with the very pop-sensible songs by the band that was once stained. I'm just going to say it. I don't think they're even recognizable as the same band that put out Dysfunction. Maybe a little bit of Break the Cycle, but like, I mean, this is not my stained. Uh, it's just not, it, it doesn't hit at all. Like, it hits me like a sack of paper mache bricks. Like, I feel like they just were like, well, it's been two years. Guess we gotta throw a fucking album out. And of course they call it chapter five because it's like the fifth album or whatever. Like, come on. <laughs> like, get the fuck over it. Like, that's not even like thinking. That's not even thinking about it, really. So yeah, I mean, I just thought this album was boring as shit. Like, I'm sorry if I'm being super frank on this episode, but like, it, it's just, 
I don't think this even pleases hard rock fans. Like, yeah, sure, Mike Mushok's still there, and he's, like, going, you know, heavy as shit, but, like, it clashes with Aaron Lewis's vocals, so, like, they don't really pull good pop songs out of this. This album has less single potential than 14 Shades of Grey had, or and definitely less so than Break the Cycle. So I don't know who this album's for. Apparently it's for me, the fan of Mike Mushok, because this has run away on it. Right here, Paper Jesus, Schizophrenic Conversations, King of All Excuses. I actually think the worst song on the album is the single, Everything Changes. It sounded like Aaron Lewis wrote a country song and said, we got to put this on the album, guys. Because he had started doing that at this point. He'd go I'm out just and play not sure solo gigs by himself. Car- I don't know if my country career is going to take off or not, so we need to use this to launch it. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I just didn't find this album to be very redeemable. I know you like it, but I, I just... Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, do you want to listen to Chapter 5 or do you want to listen to Dysfunction? If the answer is that you want to listen to Dysfunction, then you're just fucking making purchase justifications for Chapter 5. Are you ready for the illusion of progress? No! I want to go home. Fuck this band. I want to go home too, except I'm already here. This is the album that I cannot stand. I'm just going to come right out of the gate and say it. It's a great title. Chapter 5, you guys went up the hill a little bit. 14 Shades of Grey wasn't that bad, but it was kind of a letdown. Chapter 5, you kind of stepped up a little bit more. Illusion of Progress is the album that would not sound anything like Stained if Mike Mushok was not in the band. I don't think it sounds like Stained regardless. If Mike Mushok's guitar is not on this album, this is Aaron Lewis's solo record. That's what it sounds like. It could be that I know what's coming and I'm just pissed off about it, but the first time I heard This Is It and that was track one, that was the single, and none of the other songs on the album hit anywhere in my brain, in my musical enjoyment... What the fuck are you guys doing? It's just shitty. Like, if you're a fan of heavy music... You've this album moved, is boring. You've moved beyond bands like Stained. And if you haven't... Like, if you if you started off as, like, a ball-busting hard rock fan or a new metal fan, and you, you suffered through dysfunction and break the cycle, and then maybe even 14 Shades, I'll give you that. Chapter 5, maybe a little bit. But, like, the illusion of progress is the band basically making fun of you for buying their album. Because it's very half-assed. The songs don't really hit like they should hit. And I just, I don't see them as the band that I became a fan of back in 1999. And again, that could just be the unpleasable metal fan in me. But I just, I don't see how you could follow the band and be okay with the changes that were made. Ladies and gentlemen, unpleasable metal fan. I mean, if I'm a metal fan, I'm not listening to bands like Stained anyway. But if I was... I can't get behind an album like The Illusion of Progress because it just, it sounds like, like the, the times where they sound like Stained, it sounds like a band, another band trying to sound like Stained. They, it doesn't have the legitimacy of those old riffs and those old songs. And it bothers me because the lineup is relatively unchanged. The lineup is unchanged. It's the same band. It's but the it same band like through the, the whole band. discography. My issue is that it doesn't sound like the same band. And, like, Stained only got me on a couple of little things anyway. As much as I like Dysfunction and Break the Cycle, it still doesn't really, like, it's not what I'm looking for necessarily as a metal fan. So that's fine. But the illusion of progress, if you if you were signed on for Dysfunction or Break the Cycle, this is not even close to the same band. They're the same guys, but it sure doesn't fucking sound like it. I got nothing. 2011. Stained. 
So this is where they're going to try to reel me back in. They're not trying to do anything except put an album out. This is the first time where they're like, what do you guys think that Dan's going to think of this one? Or people like me. I am 99% sure they, at no point in the process of writing this album in the studio, one at a time, did they consider what anybody thought. Well, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike was pretty pissed off. Maybe all of his angry riffs are directed at Aaron Lewis, but uh, they really try hard to be heavy on this album. The problem is, well, it's not heavy like Dysfunction. They're trying to do, like, Aaron Lewis is screaming over it. It's angry. It's it's edgy or whatever. But, like, in 2011, it just kind of falls flat as a band that they're like, oh, shit, we're losing people. We're losing people. Quick, quick, throw away the last 10 years and let's revert back to the old sound. But they don't really. They're, they, you've got heavy riffs and, like, pretty edgy-sounding, cor- like, verses, but the choruses kick in, and it's just the same old shit from Stained that we've had since 14 Shades, my opinion. If I didn't have a behind-the-scenes documentary to show me that the band didn't care, they weren't getting along, that's an old story that we've heard dozens of times. The band got to a point where they just were not getting along, and then they put out St. Anger. If you cannot sit in the same room and create music together, but you can take turns with the producer and put out something that you all consider to be acceptable, that's one thing. Remember all that stuff you said about how the lyrics started to sound generic? Uh, yeah. General. Yeah. Directed at somebody. Oh, yeah. not necessarily anybody. 90% of what I thought was good on this album, Aaron Lewis made up in one day because he had to. Because if he didn't, he would be in breach of contract. So does he have that creative genius where when you put him under pressure, he created greatness? Or does he just not care? Maybe the band is just burned out, and I'm being too harsh. I think Stained is a definite step up from the past three albums. But I feel like you're trolling me when you tell me right up front that you just don't give a shit. If you don't give a shit, why am I buying the album? And I agree. I just think this was like, let's try to sound like Old Stained. Oh shit, it doesn't sound like Old Stained. Well, let's just cobble some together anyway. It's got heavy riffs. Don't you guys like that? Yeah, but I mean, it's 2011, so like... There's a lot of bands that are way heavier than Stained, so it's fine. But I'm, I'm not going to pay like 10 bucks or whatever it costs in 2011 to buy a new Stained album. Stained is basically a hard rock band with a unique guitar player. They aren't a new metal band. They've been heavy in the past. But unfortunately, they do not represent new metal. The style that they are credited with spearheading. Maybe that's part of the joke, too. Maybe along the way they decided... Everybody thinks we're a new metal band. Fuck that. We're just a metal band. We're heavy. We're not a metal band. Final thoughts on Stained. Dan. Listen to Dysfunction. It's a great record. I like Stained. I think they're a band you should be listening to. Unfortunately, a lot of their discography doesn't live up to the nostalgia that I have for them personally. I think Mike Mushok is a guitarist who should be studied. I think Aaron Lewis is a talented songwriter. But I don't think the band as a whole can agree on what they want me to hear as a listener, as a fan. I think they've spent a lot of time cobbling stuff together, and we bought into it longer than we should have. Unfortunately, there's enough good music that I want them to create more. I don't expect Stain to put out Dysfunction Part 2 
especially after they put out a song that said they're tired of the dysfunctional routine. I definitely don't want another Tormented. Maybe the band is just done being that heavy band. Dan, what's your album of the week? It's uh, Human by Death. Way better album than any of this stuff we've talked about tonight. You've been listening to a lot of Death lately. I have, but we might be revisiting them soon. Spoilers. For me, it's Blindside. A thought crushed my mind. That's a good one. I'm a vampire. You're afraid the light will set you on fire, huh? Well, not anymore. I already burned. Now I'm just ash. You know what I'm afraid of? Us missing one of your favorite bands. We talk about a lot of bands on this show, but maybe we missed one. Maybe we missed one that you feel like we need to talk about. There's a lot of ways you can fix that. One of the best ways is to reach out to us on our Facebook at www.facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can join our group there, or you can leave us a message on the page. If you click on the link in our show notes, you can get invited to our Discord server where you can talk to us in real time and give us band suggestions or just see what's going on. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can even send us an email at show at gmail.com. So just keep those band suggestions coming. Every time you give us one, we put it on the master list, and that band will eventually get an episode, probably. And on that note, this has been Episode 124 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to DanAndJoeShow at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. You guys ever heard of Skinny Puppy? Not everything seems clear. The future's not so bright. The only chance is not to waste your life. Have hope and have no fear. The truth walks by your side.